G'day mates, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dogs and cats everywhere. Welcome to another Guitar Wing Podcast. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. Thank you for joining us for episode 234. We're going to continue on from last week's episode with Beth Marlis, our uh, Musicians Institute connection here, amongst many other things that Beth does. Talented lady, we hope you enjoy the rest of this uh, hang with Beth. There's going to be a couple of tracks we're going to play from her that she sent over. She was talking about Jimmy Weibel, so she's got a Jimmy Weibel um, etude, elude. We're going to allude to this etude of Jimmy Weibel's, and then uh, a track called Chance Acquaintance, and then A Night in Tunisia. Tunisia? at the end so check them out some Beth uh, Strutner stuff on some of these tracks uh, if you want to receive Bruce Foreman's Patreon one minute guitar wank lessons go to guitarwank.com click on the link to Patreon check it out and uh, you will receive one minute lessons off Bruce little videos that he does they're awesome under a minute and you learn so much he's a master we know it uh, yeah, that's about it. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to move on. Okay? Guitarwank.com. Go there. Thanks for your support. Please leave reviews. It helps us so much. And um, the more reviews you leave, the less I'll talk. Fantastic. Everyone wins. And, uh, yeah. All right. So let's uh, catch you guys all next week. Hopefully, I believe Scott's trying to get lock in uh, Mike Stern and Kurt. Uh, Kurt. Kurt? One of the Kurt's. I know, we'll find out. All right, guys, be safe. Please be safe out there. COVID's just running rampant at the moment. So I hope you guys all have an amazing Thanksgiving to all my American family and friends and the rest of the world. Uh, Peace. We'll see you all next week. Okay. I do think financially institutions, I know some inside information about some institutions. I know they're hurting, you know, not just one. I know that they all are. They're mm. all feeling it. Everyone's feeling this. Of course, it would be like another planet if they weren't. And so how we come back out of it is uh, one of the great unknowns, you know. I don't know. Like, there's everything right now is a uh, turbulent. So I, I think... 
you know, people who are particularly entrepreneurial or ingenious are creating new businesses even, you know, in music. Some people are like, you know, maybe the, the corporate word, the C word you mentioned before, a little too corporate that's all about the money. But other people, I think, have a genuinely altruistic sort of way of, like, I want to, you know, create a new way. And I think, it, like Scott mentioned, the technology and everything's just going to keep changing. Hopefully it's not all going to be, like, robotic and, and, and listeners' ears are going to be used to hearing things made not really, you know, uh, in a real connected way. I mean, I think a lot of people are already there. A lot of people are used to, like, all the tweaks, you know, of, of super, you know, pro-tooled out and robotic, you know, things. But, and that's fine for some people, and they love it, makes them happy, and I'm not here to see that's not a good thing. But maybe, I guess I'm talking in a big circle, like, Maybe the internet, maybe the online learning will help more girls learn. Maybe it, to play guitar, if we go back to guitar. Maybe it will help people in, um, you know, areas that would never be able to um, have access in any other way in some remote, you know, town. Have access to the greatest, you know, we'll just stick with guitar, guitar wanking imaginable. Like they couldn't before. Not just that... It's like they could go on the internet and dial it in, but they actually could like really learn and and get something from it. So I think it's kind of oddly win-win, but I, I think that the old models, you know, they're all taking a kick in the gut. There's no denying it. Hmm. Who's going to survive? It's like restaurants. It's like I, it kills me. Some of my favorite restaurants are closed permanently now. It's like, you know, it's a little heartbreaking, and yet nothing's going to last forever, and new things will come. And I know that's sort of my presidential stump speech right there. It's just new things will come, Bruce. Right. New hmm. things will come. Can I do one more follow-up with this? Yeah, I'll... I'll f- he, I think he's the, he's the smart Yeah, one. well... No, 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 one little follow-up. Um, okay. Of course, of course, we all are here, you know. Uh, I mean, we've seen the, the wonderful attributes of, like, YouTube and, like, kids in the outback of Australia or in Malaya, Malaysia or, you know, in Mongolia playing, like, amazing shit at the age of six years old, you know what I mean? That's so human-affirming and so yeah. beautiful. I mean, you know, yes, we're all there with that. Uh, and, yes, we've also seen the horrible effects of the current world in terms of restaurants closing, schools closing, everything. That, notwithstanding, I mean... And, of course, we're all looking for the next thing, not only because we care about the world and we want to make it better, but also because it's, it's an economically viable way to think about the world, entrepreneurial. And entrepreneurial. But, amigolo. Amigolo. Yeah, amigolo, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm asking you, are you getting pressure now? I mean, cause, because I'm, you know, you've answered your question very fully, and thank you. Are you getting pressure from above or from sides to, like, define what the next direction is to go? Given Only from you. That is Only what? from you, Bruce. Only. Okay, great. I mean, that's fair. I mean, you know. No, no, no. I, no, no, I, no but I, I know I'm getting it. Yeah. And I'm just an adjunct teacher. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm getting not. it still. You're feeling it. Well, that's interesting because, like, like Scott said, he pegged me. You know, I'm kind of like a bit Teflon in a way. I, I, I do what I do, and I because I'm OG, I'm probably about the same age as you guys also. 
Um, I've, I've put so many miles on the on the car that um, of working there that I don't do day to day really anymore so much. You know, I do what I do, which is a you know top secret thing that nobody is allowed to know. But um, but so so I don't really no. I'm not I'm not personally under pressure. I, I feel some concern about financial health of the institution and how that impacts uh, teachers, for example, people whose hours are cut, you know, because we're not teaching in person, you know, people who I see in a sort of extended family way, you know, I I feel that kind of empathetically more than um, worrying about uh, the calculator and the the budget and the bottom line, because I paid my dues like budgeting and managing, you know, and was like vice president of the education, which is sort of like the dean of the school for a period of time in there, where I had to do all of it, you know. And um, thank God, man, that's done. So I don't, I don't, I don't really worry about the the money in that same sort of way. But but people do, you know. And I'm glad it's not me. And I'd rather just be VP of stuff. Um, but I think that that it's interesting though, Bruce, that you're you're feeling it, you know, at your level. And I and I imagine that other people, I don't know if you're allowed to say your institution, I went there too as a student, USC is a great program, super great, um, but small. And because you guys are small, you know, the pressure is more impacted, you're in a little pressure cooker because there's fewer of you and everything that happens weighs heavier. Um, The bigger institutions, you know, probably don't feel it so much. So, I don't know. Um, But Anyway, you guys haven't asked me like who I think the worst musicians are, and I and I feel a little sad that nobody kicked it off. I'm, that, I have my answer. Well, anyways, let me let me finish up. But oh, thank darn you, it. thank okay. you for answering that question. Okay. You're welcome. And you definitely are the the president now, and I'm the VP. Oh, okay. But and I want to thank you for you know doing that. Uh, I do want to say that you know at USC, regardless of what's going on around me, I just I just care about the kids. You know, I mean. I don't really interact with the admin. I don't get any pressure from them. I just care about these kids who are earnestly on a search for music, and I want to help them in that search, wherever it goes. Uh, But I do thank you for allowing me to ask you, because I care, I mean, because you have so much more perspective from so many different places than I have. Thank you for that. I'll just say one thing real quick, Scott. Yeah, it's really, it's like, again, coming back to like, it's those kids on that journey. You know, that's that's the whole point of all this stuff, you know, at the end of the day. So I appreciate you wanting to pick my brain mercilessly. I don't think I had anything that interesting to share with you. But I would do the same to you when it comes to like, you know, some uh, some counterpoint and like some of the stuff you do. Because I, w- I need to know. Scott. Well, I was just going to say, from my experience, as a Zoom teacher, which is my new business. <laughs> I'm not a musician anymore. I don't have Zoom teacher. Zoomer, Zoom, 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 Zoom. Zoom teacher. I like it. But I can definitely tell you for a fact that every encounter, and I've taught over 200 lessons now since May on Zoom, Right? And I can tell you that every one of those lessons is just like the guy was in the room. Just like the guy was in the room. One-on-one, 
let me show you this, let me show you that. He's recording it. And it's like, man, no problem. No problemo whatsoever. I can listen to him play. I can say, yeah, man, I think you need to work on your time a little bit. I can listen to him play and, and, and get all the nuances of the things I think that he needs to improve on. He can listen to me play. I can play things very slowly so he can transcribe them. It's like the guy's sitting in my room, and it's been great. I haven't had a problem with it. And, and if, if you, cool. any of you guys that want to take some guitar lessons, here I am. All you got to do is email me, and I got lots of open slots. Cool. I, we're all, I, we're I, all signing so, up. So I, the other thing uh, I'd like to say okay. is two <laughs> Sorry, Troy. Actually, I'd like take my email back. <laughs> actually, I'd like to say two things about the tech. That was number one. There's number two and number three. Number two, my daughter's in the room right now with my family watching a play that her school did on Zoom. And I walked in there for a minute because they needed some help getting it uh, to, to be more stable on the TV. But I was watching a little bit of it, and I was going, holy shit. These kids are interacting with each other on Zoom doing a play. And they're having a ball. They're having a great time. And so there's that. Then number three, our podcast has had the privilege of having guests that without Zoom and without this pandemic, we would have never, ever had. Mm -hmm. Tons of guys from New York, tons of guys on the road, guys that we would never, ever get a chance to meet here in L.A. So... You know, I don't, I don't mean to sound like I'm completely, you know, just, just going nuts about the tech. But the tech, as far as, especially Zoom, has done nothing but make my world a better place. That's great. It's great to hear that. And, and I think it's, a, it's just like a tool. It's just like people were freaked out when the electric light and the phone and the computer and, the, you know, the tech changed and it changes. And it's like, we damn well better evolve. We, we better, you know, embrace it. And particularly now, it's an absolute survival Tool. But the fact that you're enjoying it, Scott, and teaching on Zoom, and you know, a lot of people burn out on it, and and they just haven't been able to make the leap. I've done some open counseling myself on on Zoom, just starting this last quarter at the school. It's like, well, this is kind of a trip, you know. It's definitely a different thing. But how do we figure it out? How do we make everybody happy? And it's kind of like it's a puzzle, you know. And it's kind of fun. I know, Troy, you've. I've been biting the bit like not I. We guitar wanked the other day, and I got caught masturbating on Zoom. So that was a little. Oh, that man. was a bit, you know, he's was stupid. wanking and that. I got stupid. I got caught. Oh. But I would what say that. that movie, Troy, Troy, what was that movie with uh, with uh, Charlize Theron, uh, where her boyfriend got gets caught masturbating what? on on TV? Didn't one of the guys get caught the long other day shot. on the news? One of the long shot. Yeah. yeah. So, long shot. Yeah. How do you get caught masturbating anywhere? You want to get caught. That's well, I'm a guitar wanker. That's part of it. But I'm part of it. But you, what? You, you, you masturbated in public. That's what it is. Let's I got caught. I was going to say the, the the great thing about MI for me when I come over in well I first come in ninety. Nobody ever masturbated while you were in class. You didn't tell me. <laughs> I, you know, what was the great? They were. You know, see, the good thing about my stuff is they were, you know, my quality of people 
knew how to hide it. Uh. <laughs> When I, when the great thing about MI when I first discovered GIT was I always wanted to travel as a foreigner, being an Australian. I wanted to go to, obviously, America because I thought it was the, the greatest place in the world. And to go to Hollywood would be amazing. And then to s- study music in Hollywood with all these amazing teachers, to me, that was the duck's guts. So, you know, that was a big thing. I'm wondering how much... Well, we don't know where it's going to go, so how much that will change and, you know, because I know MI gets a lot of foreigners, right? You guys are foreigner kings, as in bringing in the Japanese. I remember the Japanese and the Swedes just ruled the school <laughs> when well, I yeah. was there. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Different, different uh, like, waves again. Like, it was, yeah, a lot of Swedish students and Japanese students, Scott remembers, and then, then there's, like, a lot of Korean and Chinese mm. students and, you know, waves of whether it may be based on the fluctuation in currency, yeah. like geopolitics, it can be, who knows, you know, but um, maybe it was a, up until, you know, COVID, it was about 30% international. And yeah, I mean, we're, you know, you were excited, right, to be at that school. I'm still here. Away. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like Scott and me, you never grew up, you never left. And it gets in your blood and, and, and there's the, you know, the silly quote, but I always thought it was really appropriate that, that uh, Paul Gilbert used to say, it's like, if you want to be a fisherman, live by the sea, mm-hmm. you know? If you want to do this, live by the ocean. So, you know, same thing, like going back to Bruce's questions about the future, it's like, at some point, if you want to be an impressionist painter, you're going to go to Paris, or you're going to go to New York to work in, you know, publishing, or you're going to go to wherever that place is. You're going to make a pilgrimage, and you're going to do, you know, you're going to, kill there you're going to do whatever it takes to do your best and soak it up and you know and that's probably never going to change in human history it's always going to be like we're going to go where's the hangout where's the place where's the the cats where's the this where's the the you know whatever it is um so i i think hollywood is sort of a funny mistress in that it like is very illusionary like sounds good it's the most famous small town in the world everybody's heard of it but you know it's also got all this dark undercurrent and so it was shit when i came but it's better now it yeah it is better <laughs> in a lot of ways you know it's what, changed, Troy, you know it's yeah. still funny that Troy, you're a yankee so you're in north hall so know. many students come to mi and and uh and i think one of the most uh common things that they say after they get there is Man, I really wanted to go to Hollywood. Who knew it was such a fucking slime pit? <laughs> well, it's sure. better now. It's better. It, it was horrible. I mean, I remember in the early days when I started as a teacher at GAT, I remember, like, stepping over dead bodies. I mean, yeah. you know, to get in the building. It was pretty bad, and it's, yeah, it was, way, it's way better now. Way better. Way better. But still, you know, there's something, the allure, and the mm. there's not just the Hollywood, but it's like, if if it was North Hollywood was like the music capital of the world, who cares? Just like when you're a kid, like when you're 20, it's like I don't care if I have to sleep in a cardboard box. I know, did that and like eat oatmeal like we all did for top ramen for like 10 years. You know, you don't care because you're a purist. Just like I'm, I'll do what it takes. Yeah. I don't care. You just go to the place. So I, I I see that look. I've seen it, and Scott's seen it too, where there's like, you know, this dream, like the kids have their dream pinned to their their shoulder, like, I'm here. And then either, you know, you get to watch the, the, the circle of life play out, like you're either going to die, you know, doing this <laughs> and get eaten by a shark, or you're going to swim and you're going to be okay, and, you know, and you'll learn. And, and some people come 
to the school or schools in general to learn that they really can't do it or that they hate it or they should be, you know, a stock market person or something, a, a broker. I, I think it's a great sort of sorting process. And so it's, I've loved seeing that all these years. It's like, you know, when the fresh ones sort of show up, you know, it's like orientation day or whatever. And um, like, I don't put bets on who's going to live and who's going to die. But, you know, it's sort of like, it's pretty interesting to Man, see. Man, like, you know, I remember my like, orientation day like yesterday. I remember it wide-eyed. I was like, I'm just happy I made it. I made it as in I survived in America. America tried to kick me out numerous times, and I managed to stay here. So thanks to MI, I'm here, and I have a family, a career, a life, and it is all thanks to MI. So thank you, Beth. Okay. Uh, see how easy my job is, man? <laughs> it's, like, so good, man. You know, the you. One, no, I'm glad to hear it. The thing that we haven't really talked about too much is your, your, this, all the stuff that you've done outside of being an educator. I mean, you've done film scores. You've done, you've done, I, you've done a lot. I mean, you've played in a million bands. You've done this. You've done that. Tell us about, like, your music career and how that's how that's gone and, and what's kind of like a normal day in your life of playing music how are, are you gigging a lot or are you not gigging as much as you used to no one's gigging at all <laughs> nobody's doing anything no, I mean before friend. covid before oh. covid <laughs> um you know I, I i used to work a lot i used to play a lot of casuals like you know and do uh like award i was a good reader and play a lot of styles. So like back in the 90s and early 2000s, I'd do a lot of stuff like at the Beverly Hilton or the Century Plaza, like fancy award shows. And I'd be in the sort of pit, you know, and just play, do like a lot of play on and playoffs. Like I used to do that a bunch. Um, and uh, and R, like some R&B bands and things like that. And But I always liked to pretend that I was a jazz player and do, you know, some like cheap, like no paying, you know, good for nothing jazz gigs whenever I could. They're all um, cheap and no pay. <laughs> I know. And then, and then, and then, uh, I, I started kind of like turning stuff away because I just really was like, I don't want to take my amp out for less than a hundred bucks. And this was like years ago. And so the phones slowly stopped ringing as much back when they used to use phones, you know. Um, and, and so I kind of worked less. Than I did, and would just probably only do a few gigs a year, for like many years because I was doing so many other things. Right. Um, right. And so, probably about a year ago or whatever, um, yeah, Benedetto. I'm a Benedetto um, artist, Benedetto guitars. They're great. I love the guitars, and um, they asked me to play a, a festival um, in the Midwest last summer, and just like kicked me you know really hard it's like lit a fire under me it's like oh my god my chops gone i have to really i was like oh i said yes you know (laughs) yeah i'll do this festival i was like oh crap i am in so much trouble and they're great guys on this gig and and it's like six guitar players you know these five guys and me and it's like i cannot suck so that sort of just turned the wheel really you know for me to just get back on it and um so yeah i'm not doing any gigs whatsoever other than a few online projects like people are doing little you know projects you know how that is right um so doing some online projects just continuing to shed like a mofo i mean like at least you know minimum four hours a day um and just practicing practicing like just trying to get you know up and way up and hope that i can get back out and play because i feel 
better about my playing now than I have in a super long time. Oh, that's great. Like every day I'm just like, ha I'm loving it, man. I am so happy about it. So um, I really want to get back out and play. I mean, I'm just like chomping, you know. Great, yeah. Greatest highlight, stage highlight of your career? Weird. It was a weird one. I was playing in 1984 in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia at the, uh, what's it called? Vancouver Folk Fest or something like that, I think. 30,000 people in the audience. It was a giant outdoor stage. I was playing with this band, playing like new acoustic music, sort of like David Grisman stuff. Mm -hmm. you know? So I was playing a Martin guitar. I was playing acoustic guitar. Um, and so like people like Bela Fleck, you know, were on the show. I mean, it was like crazy. And I, I was just like, enormous show and I had my acoustic guitar we're playing was just like killing it felt great and then a string broke and for whatever stupid reason I didn't have a spare string and you know uh oh so I'm running like between songs backstage with us anybody have a string no anybody have a guitar I can borrow so somebody like Martin Carthay or I can't remember who some guy goes yeah here take my guitar and it had a strap lock strap on it, right? So I couldn't adjust it. So I, I, I just throw the guitar on. I'm like, Jesus, man, there's 30,000 people out there. I have to get back on the stage. I can't believe this nightmare. Um, and so I get back out there. And the thing, the strap was so phenomenally long that it was just like, I might as well have been just like playing like rockabilly. It was down by my knees. That guitar was so low. It had no side dots on the neck at all. Oh my God, this is insane. The whole thing about it, why it was so great, is that I still, like, you know, I knew all the parts, I could play it, I did it, and we got a, we got two standing ovations. Ah, uh, awesome. Like a huge crowd, and it went okay, and it was great, and it was like, okay, phew. Okay, that <laughs> one, like, goes in the books for me as, like, really great. You know, just because it was so weird, and it was still, like, incredible. So that That's was, awesome. Yeah, up there for me. I don't know. And then I've had a lot of other, you know, certainly fantastic experiences for sure. And scary ones too. Like right. I played for Wayne Shorter one time. He was three and a half feet away from me <laughs> at this event. I'm like, oh my God, it's Wayne Shorter. And he's like, right there. <laughs> like, oh my God. I'm not sure that was great. That was just like frightening. Terrifying. <laughs> wow. But, you know, we all have that. I know we've all played for people we really, you know, admire and, and, and try not to let it like, rattle your cage or anything like that it always but, does though oh no matter who you are right you can be scott Anderson no matter who you are man when you're playing for some legend you're you can't help but be a little bit nervous it's just natural yeah, yeah you can't help it can't zoom your way out of that but no <laughs> beth yeah. beth what's the greatest live show you've seen or one of the greatest that stand oh, out man um I mean, I've seen a lot of fantastic ones. You know what popped in just the Rorschach for me? And it sounds like you're going to hate me or whatever. I, I mean, I, because of sort of knowing the right person, um, I got to see the Rolling Stones do um, a warm-up gig in a little tiny, tiny club in Hollywood that oh. was not advertised. It was just like sort of the road, you know, um just getting ready for the road and a warm-up gig and um i was just like way shorter like three feet 
if even, just like right there at the front of the stage. Um, and they played, I didn't expect to be blown away at how great they were. They were like fucking unbelievably great and um, just so close. And it just was probably the, the greatest thing. And, wow. I, and I'm like this, you know, snooty jazz person or whatever. <laughs> the Stones baby, unbelievable. And, you know, uh, uh, I, I got a pick thrown. I got one of their picks. I mean, it was just like within like, you know, I could just touch them the whole time. So that was, that really was profound. I, I love that. And I, and I got to see other great things like Joe Pass and Ella Fitzgerald played in the 70s together. You know, wow. Played at Royce Hall. That I still think of to this day. That was like really profound. But lots, you know, we, we've all we've all seen so many great shows, and it's incredible how you know they are kind of in our DNA. Like we remember them, you know. Just like I'm glad I went that night. I showed up, you know. You got to keep showing up. Beth, I remember there was a time, um, and you were you were head of the guitar department, and and we were really in agreement. But there were some other powers that be that was sort of like when we would get some of these phenomenal musicians to come to the school. It got to be, I mean, when I was a student, when someone amazing came to the school, all classes were suspended, and you go see that concert, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that changed, and, and it sort of became like, you can go see the concert if you want to, but if you want to go to your reading class, you can go to your reading class. That really pissed me off, and I know it me pissed too. you off, too, yeah. and because, because it's sort of like, it's not just our responsibility to, to teach these kids, it's our, it's our responsibility to inspire them. And when you have somebody coming who is just a, a living monster that no one should miss, and I'm thinking there's a kid in their reading class, you know, instead of going to see this amazing demonstration of musicality, he's up there in his reading class. I mean, my yeah. God, that used to fucking make me so mad. And, uh, <laughs> and I well, a lot of it, it's like they don't know. They don't. They don't know what they don't know. It's like, oh, I never heard of that guy, so I'm not going to go. Yeah. But I think. I think it's it's really a shame. That's why you're in school is to be you know turned on to things you don't know. But I think yeah. probably somehow somewhere along the line it started changing because kids would complain like, well, I paid this money so I could go to my classes, and now you're you know I paid for my. Um, rhythm guitar class, you know, and now you're canceling it so I can go see, you know, Tommy Emmanuel. <laughs> right. Oh. Somebody I've never heard of and somebody yeah. who's probably not that good. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's funny. It's funny. I mean, that's the thing. It's just we all work with people and it's like you never know. Yeah. You, know, you never know. People are really unpredictable. And um, I, I know we've been going a super long time and, and I'm having a really nice time. But I also know we've been going a long time, so should should we take like a little pause? No, you know, Beth, I've, yeah. I've got ten minutes left, and I've got to go okay. eat. So okay, me got, too. I will, you usually we do two hours, so we're oh, good. Oh, okay, I didn't know. No, yeah. it's usually a six-hour show. I don't know if the guys told hours. you that. We can only tell the person who's there, like, says, "I gotta go. I gotta answer yeah, yeah. now." <laughs> yeah, yeah, bathroom break. No, I'm good. I'm good for ten <laughs> So, so do you agree with me that the shags? And Zappa are the greatest band ever because I love them. And I've been needing to listen to them lately because of politics and stuff. Do you guys like the Shags? There's a new uh, documentary I, coming, right? On oh on, yeah, on Frank right. Zappa, which looks amazing. So I, that's definitely going to be worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. Well, I love a good yeah. Shag. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, yes. Yes, especially on Zoom. Um, <laughs> 
um, I, I'm having fun just talking about myself because I didn't expect that. But um, what else do you want to know? <laughs> no, that's actually what we want to talk about. It's you. Because unfortunately, we mostly talk about Scott. Well, I, so, I got a question. Uh, I got a, a good question. Beth, with all this time, a good question. Beth, with all this time and practicing, what are you practicing and how do you look at all these years and go, oh, yeah, I need to practice that? Like, how, what are you doing to, to get better? That's a, I, I think, uh, a brilliant question. You get extra points for that. That's good. Because when we're facing COVID and, like, all this time, it's like, okay, now I really have no excuse. I have to practice because I can't say I'm too busy. So I prioritize um, a couple things. One is to, um, my rhythm changes, I think, kind of sucked. So I've been spending months working on my rhythm changes to get them better. Um, and it, what's interesting is that people I know sort of in the um, cyber world, like I, they just posted a, picture, uh, a video of me just practicing like so many people have written to me and said, I'm practicing rhythm changes now. It's like this sort of thing, like it's a thing now. Not really, but I'm happy if other people think they need to work on it too, because I just know, okay, that's one on the list, my rhythm changes and, and um, you know, at different levels, whether it's speed or just getting like better vocabulary because I need lots more. So I'm working on some Joe Pass stuff for that, very classic. Um, and also Jimmy Weibel, mm. who is another one of those amazing people that I, I'm, I talk about being proud of GIT or whatever. One of the best people, I got to hire a lot of fantastic instructors over the years. That was one of the perks of being head of the program. Uh, what a gift. But I got to, to hire Jimmy Weibel to teach at GIT towards the end of his life. He was an absolute wonderful human being, as I'm sure you may have heard of if you've ever heard about him. But genius musician, genius guitar player. Um, and, and he used to teach classes at the school, you know, as he was quite a bit older. And he, he, he would thank me after everyone, like, thank you for allowing me to come back and teach. It's keeping me alive. It means everything in life to me. He wow. would invite the students to come over to his house after. It was just like, everyone, please just come to my house. Because he, he had this gift. And so all, a lot of the teachers would sit in the class, too, like we all would. Students and teachers, because we were in the presence of this genius and I would take, I took his class, I think maybe one and a half times, um, and it was so hard. I just thought, this stuff is so hard. It's the hardest thing. It's like contrapuntal and fingerings are crazy, and, and then my hands don't want to do it. I'm getting carpal tunnel, and I don't get it. Why are you playing it that way? And so while COVID's been happening, I, I dusted it off, and man, am I rewarded. That stuff is so good, and it's like so brilliant. And my hands are like steel now, really super independent and strong, but I'm hearing music differently, and his genius stuff is just like, I just thought it was like too hard and too weird, but I love it. So I'm doing Jimmy Weibel every day, and just learning lots of tunes. Is that archived at GIT, all that stuff? Uh, you know, it probably is, but it's not like you as a sort of uh, alumni or a civilian or anyone can go in and like get it. I think like there's some random videos, but there you can buy his music, mm. you know, online and, and like he's published a few things and a great guy, David Oakes, who we all know, you know, worked a lot with him and Sid Jacobs, who's a master guitar player, is a really great Jimmy Weibel sort of protege in a way. He can play that stuff super well. And so I just, I'm like, what an investment in your own playing. I just can't believe how good it has been for me and really changed. 
for which, me. Which, which, if you had to pick, <laughs> like, say, one record or one book of Jimmy's, which one are you working in or listening to? I start. I started out there was like just because it was the easiest to find. Um, there was like these etudes. Jimmy Weibel had a bunch yeah. of etudes you could just like buy. Yeah, I, I'm starting with that. And there's a book called The Art of Two Line Improvisation. He has this book on Mel in Mel Bay. Um, the songs take me kind of a long time. Yeah, there's what does that say? It says okay, Jimmy okay. Weibel. What's it say? Yeah, there's a lot Possible. of them. David Oakes did a great one of, of all these etudes, but there was a book before that that was done. I mean, I forget who who had this in this company. There was 1973. Wow. And Jimmy, the original, the etudes appeared in Jimmy Weibel's Classical Slash Country. This was the book. And, you know, and, and there's millions of the art of two-line improvisation. And David Oakes' book is amazing. I mean, just amazing. So, but, I mean, yeah, this guy... Is that it right there, Bruce? Is that this is it right here? This is the classical cover. Look, look at it. Down in the seventies. Look and at there's it. also this one. Look at Jimmy. The, I mean, the that, two line improvisation. Basically, you know, Mel Bay, like thirty years later. This, so you mean David Oakes put this out way back then? Yeah, he came out in the seventies, man. Well, David. David, yeah, David recorded like every A2. Right, There's right. He recorded all the A2s. Right. You could find them like Scott. You could just listen and find one or two that sound like you know interesting to you, and that's how that's what I would say. Just like find something yeah. that sounds. I'm not a good. paper guy. I'm such a bad reader that by the time yeah. I read it off the paper, I might not even like it, and I feel like yeah, I agree. No, no. But my point is, is like you know, I knew Jimmy really well many years. I mean. Our original, you know, hanging was in the late 70s and the 80s, wow. the 90s. And then when I moved to L.A. after, well, God, 2005 or six, we became buds, not just because we are jazz guitar players, but, you know, he played with Bob Wills, and I had that cowbop band, which we were playing Western Swing, so we also had that, and he's from Texas, and I grew up in Texas. Anyway, but Jimmy changed and i will just like state this unequivocally changed the way i heard the instrument i play and that is like a fundamental teacher thing that you can't ever underestimate i could play really good probably according to him i could but when i went and hung with him and he just started to play shit i realized how much I'd missed in the, in the in the opportunities of the way of looking at the instrument and hearing the instrument in a different way, and and really when it comes down to it, teachers who help us change the way we hear are the ones that have the big impact. And really beautiful, beautiful, yeah. And Jimmy's impact on me personally which I'm very well aware of, is that just the construction of the way things are played. That you're not looking at everything from all the possibilities that exist. And Jimmy, you know, there were there were numerous times I went over to his house over in Altadena, we'd hang out, we'd play and show something to me, and I'd go home and I'd learn it. 
And then I come back and I said, but you can do this and you can do this. And then I'm showing him, he's like making me show him what I like kind of did to it. And that to me, you know, I mean, it reminds me back in the days when I studied with Woody Shaw and Joe Henderson and Bobby Hutcherson and, and I was playing in their bands and it was like, wow, that's cool, but do this. Oh no, whoa, you're doing that with this? What are you doing? You know, I mean, there was this exchange of, it's not teaching you how to play. It's teaching you how to hear. Hmm. Really good way to articulate it because this is the thing that's been going on for me during COVID. And I'm like, it's happening. I'm in this vacuum and I'm, it's happening. And it's like unbelievable because it's really, it's deep. It's this big thing. You and know, so... You know, it, yeah, it, it's kind of phenomenal. So I, I, I don't know, you know, about the reading thing, Scott, necessarily. But even if you just took, like, you know, eight bars. Oh, no, I believe me. I'm it, very, yeah. very familiar with Jimmy Weibel. I, okay, I, I bet you are, because he's been around yeah. all the yeah, time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, in, in fact, one time I, he made me laugh so hard because he knew me and he knew my playing. And he said one time, and I thought this was hilarious, he said he, he wanted to show me something. And he started playing it, and he fucked it up. And he said, oh, you'll have to excuse me. I, 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 I make mistakes when I'm playing in front of good players. And <laughs> I just laughed. I go, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me, man. Like, uh, you know, I can't shine your shoes, man, and you're nervous playing around me. But, you know, I mean, no matter what level you're on, you, you get nervous. And sometimes, you know, but I listen so much to him play, and I really enjoy it, his playing a lot. And he's, you know, one of the guys. He was never one of my big influences. Obviously, I'm more of a rock player. But, you know, I love that guy, and I love what he did, and I love what I've heard. And, and I've heard a lot because I've been in his room many, many times with him just sitting there by himself playing his etudes. And I was always just stupefied, just blown away by it. It's just, uh, it's been fantastic music. Well, wait, you know, and I know this is an audio podcast, and we talk a lot about it, and I'm sorry to, to sort of take this, but, like, what I got from Jimmy, you know, I mean, here's a guy who, like, played pretty good and then found this guy, and he changed the way I fundamentally approached my instrument. And what it, it could be easily defined as is just where we think of this, you know, that we're taught to play, Jimmy would go, you know, that kind of thing. You know, where we would just normally go, <laughs> and he would go, <laughs> you know what I mean, just like being able to follow the various notes involved, and like the first minutes of hanging with Jimmy, I realized, oh shit, I've been claw hammered, and I didn't look at like... Thank you. 
in that kind of like breaking it apart and like not seeing it as this claw. I'm going to play this shape and this shape and this shape of what are inside it and what moves. Yeah. No, it's, 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 Jimmy's thing was way deeper brilliant. than that. But yeah. just fundamentally, just the shift in your mind to go like, oh shit, I've been looking at this and like everything inside that is a gift to me to do something with. That's what Jimmy gave to me. And, and even it, it, imagine a guy, you know, 50 years old getting there and going, holy shit, I've been kind of more programmed than I want to be. That's what Jimmy gave to me. You know? Same for me, though. You know, Bruce, even though you had way more connection, it's like, well, I've been, I haven't been playing wrong for decades. It's not that. It's just like, oh, I missed, like, you know, half of the show. Right. And the and the way that those notes move within chords and whatever comes out when I solo, it's just made the instrument much more orchestral. But I don't I'm not intellectually you know I'm not playing more sweetly or something. It's just that it's it's just it's like you said fundamental, like core understanding of how the instrument and maybe music works. I don't know. But so no, I'm that's what I'm doing. Troy, long answer. And I'm glad you guys, you know, Bruce and Scott, you know, you know what, what I'm talking about. And there'll be people out there who know what we're talking about. And, and if you haven't tried it, I would encourage you, whoever you are listening, you know, to give it a shot. Because it's really a quick return on the time you invest. It's like pretty quickly I felt like, okay, this is some, something's going on. This is, this is hard really hard to get started in the beginning. It was like, this is killing me. My hands really hurt in the beginning. Literally, it was like, you know, because the fingers were nuts. But Was this um, the two-line really the, the two book? Yeah. So what do you mean, like what does he mean by two-line improvisation? What's that book about? It's like counterpoint kind of. Oh, okay. I mean, that's a very right. silly. Like two lines. So, so you, as a guitar player, yeah, you're, you're doing things that move. And... Um, yeah, anyway, it really, it was, was really useful. And one of my favorite guitar players is Larry Koontz, and I got to study with him, and I love him, and he was very influenced also by Jimmy. And it just sort of seemed like a lot of great people I really like were influenced by Jimmy Weibel, you know, um, yet he, he's sort of one of those people that flew a little under the radar. It's like you have to know. Mm. Just like, don't go to your reading class. Don't say no. Go to see Jimmy Weibel, you know, if you're that student at school. It's like a lot of people don't know. So I would just... If anything, I encourage people to, to, you know, try try it out and see what happens in their playing, for well, sure. Beth, you know, we had this conversation maybe two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, I think, on the podcast. I don't want to take up a lot of time because we've already talked about it. But just so you know, like, for all those people out there who, uh, because of COVID, your kind of thing that whatever it is that you do has been completely interrupted and me and Bruce were talking about that a lot of times when you got time to yourself, you practice on stuff that you need to do because of your career. Like you gotta you gotta do this because a gig's coming up, so I gotta prepare for this gig. Or you gotta do that because this is gonna happen, so I gotta prepare for that. And you don't often get an opportunity to just have a blank slate in front of you and just I think I'm gonna just study whatever the hell I feel like studying and it has absolutely nothing to do with my career. You know, just it's a, like it's if great. I like transcribing a song by Schubert, 
not going to do it, right? Just because I want to see what makes that tune tick. Or if I feel like I want to, like, uh, you know, learn some Bach, or I want to learn some whatever on the guitar, there's nothing stopping you because it's like, I'm not in a hurry to get back to my career because that isn't happening anytime. So, so I want to know both both you, Scott, and Bruce, and, and Troy, too. What are you practicing now? Since you're not practicing for a gig, and I fell in the same trap, like, i got to get ready for that gig. So now that's gone. What are, What's everybody doing now that you have this, like, big I open am, pasture? I am, doing, uh, I am not practicing. I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know how you... I don't know really what you'd call it. Oh, God. Um, Jesus. I mean, it's not that I'm not playing. I'm, I probably play for two or three hours a day. I don't really call that practicing. I kind of call that just keeping my chops up, you know, like just yeah. play over some music, play over some standards, play over whatever, and just to keep my chops, just com- to stop from going down, <laughs> downhill where I don't know how to play anymore. But my emphasis is on ear training. Like listening to music, just like you are with Jimmy. But Jimmy's not one of the guys I'm listening to right now. But he definitely could be because um, now, now I'm I'm curious because uh, you know that sort of sparked my curiosity to start listening to some of this stuff again. But I've been listening to a lot of classical, and I've been listening to a lot of I've been transcribing tunes that um, that I always just wanted to transcribe and never had time to. So just transcribe just to see what makes those tunes tick and what can I what kind of chord progressions can I learn from them, you know? And then just playing guitar all by myself and trying to figure out what am I hearing that comes next harmonically? How can I just sit there and play the guitar and make up chords and make up like a little story all by myself? You know what I mean? Just stuff, yeah. ear training stuff. Yeah. Like what good. am I hearing? listening to stuff that I hope advances my hearing like you're doing with Jimmy and and like Bruce said you know when you listen to someone who does something so incredibly different than you do it it inspires you and it and it takes you on a journey and like I said my career has been so uh, dictating of what I do like you got you, know, you. You might want to transcribe some, or you might want to learn this bot piece. But sorry, you don't have time. You got gigs coming up. You got to practice this. You got to do this. You got to do this. And now that now that we're sort of free of those obligations, we can practice on whatever we want. It's kind of uh, I find it kind of freeing in a way, kind of liberating. You know, and I'm sure you do too. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I'm curious, Bruce. I think once on one of your um, your Grumps TV things, I think once you talked about what you were practicing, it's probably changed, but what do you, that's cool what Scott was talking about. What oh, yeah. about you? What do you do? I guess got to say that this is one of the greatest days of my life because actually Scott Henderson has sort of endorsed in many ways what I've been doing. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> you know, I love Scott. I admire Scott. And, and, that he's in many ways just stated what's happening, you know, from my point of view, you know, makes me feel really good. Um, yes, uh, what's happening now is an amazing place. I am, I'm playing all the time. 
I don't have any of the driving around to get to things and get to this and get to that. You know, even if I'm teaching, the teaching is now the hour I teach and it's gone. I don't have to drive to it. I don't have to live in a new place and drive six hours to here and an hour to here. And, you know, it's just boom, we do it. Um, my musical energy is going towards, in a weird way, what it was when I was 40 years, 50 years ago, when I was that kid who like loved something and just went towards that. It was like water finding its place. You know, you drop, if you pour a glass of water out, it'll go to the place it needs to go. You can't stop. Music does that too. If, if you don't have a gig to, to record, to, to practice for, a record date coming up, an audition, or, or, or people to compete with to keep your gig. If that's all gone, the music is just going to go where you like. And like, wow. I mean, I didn't even know it in many ways. Some of the things that are opening up to me, it's like, I didn't even know I liked that. I, mean, I didn't even know that's where I wanted to go. A lot of it's Jimmy Weibel, of course, inspired because he changed the way I heard music but not more than Charlie Parker did or John Coltrane or Phineas Newborn or Bud Powell or Wynton Kelly or, you know, Kenny Burrell or Wes Montgomery or Barney Castle. I mean, all these people. But it's like now I'm taking a song and I'm going towards that, that true north of what I like. And I've never had that since I was 16 or 15 freedom to do that because mm. I don't got gigs anymore I mean they will come back and I know that and I'm still the, the best human karaoke machine alive <laughs> you want a tune and a key I'm your guy right <laughs> I, I am the guy I mean it's just like me or Howard that's that's it you know you got this tune and this key I'm your guy you know but basically, I'm just following the music in this amazingly beautiful way. And I've, because of my TV show, because of all the things I'm doing, I'm, I'm actually watching myself in third person or whatever they call it. And going, wow, that's where you're going. Well, that's cool. That's interesting. You know, it's like getting a chance to observe myself. I mean, every day on Instagram, I do a, like a chorus. So. Oh, that's where you're headed. Oh, okay, cool. You know, I mean, because like the first chorus is just what I record, and I got to put it out. And it's like, oh, okay, that's where I'm headed. Well, maybe I need to think about it this way. You know, I mean, it's like, it's a whole new world. And as much as I hate not being able to interact in the social community, that really is such an important part of this music. I am grateful for the time to observe, be subjective, and objective at the same time, and try to figure out where this all goes, you know, and, and really, uh, and really, just live in the world of like, okay, I'm not going to be this, and I'm not going to be that, but I am this, and this is where I want to go with it, you know, and. I think all of us are struggling with that in this particular time because of our 
inclusion in the social structure of the social media, but our exclusion in the real social structure of the normal world that at least we, we who are past 40 years old, 35 years old, you know, the world we lived in before. And I'm just excited for what comes out of it, you know, really. I, I mean, I'm grateful for the chance to spend six months. I've never lived at my house. I realized until now, I've never lived at my house. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I was never, I was never home, you know. Either I, mean, I was working or I might travel. But, yeah, it's like we get to be I've home. I've been traveling. I've got, you know, and you imagine, I'm living up here in Carmel, and basically I've had an apartment in L.A., I'm teaching at USC, and I'm on the road all the time. I've never lived at home for six months. I mean, this is like since I was 17, Beth. I have never been at home for six months in a row. And this is like a very interesting sort of reality. And I'm grateful for it because, you know, probably... Had not this virus, which is horrible, and all the other things, I might have just like kept going until it flared out, without ever knowing what this was. Yeah, I think you know we, we should enjoy what this is while we got it. You know, I mean, there's the the other side and and the circumstances, but but uh, you know, I, I think as successful musicians or people in the world, you know, we are gonna you know, find the opportunity, and it's a, it's a gift, I mean, that we can all play as much as our hearts desire, I mean, when I sometimes get people wanting to do a project with me, I'm kind of like, oh, really? I'd rather just practice. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather just do what I want to do. You see, I said, like, okay, that's a little selfish now, because really, you know, I do want to do these projects, but, but yeah, it's a very, it's turning it all on its head, and so it's, it's a pretty interesting construct. It's different, it's kind of great. We are with ourselves, we're honest, you know, we're checking it out, and we're, it's super creative, I think, you know, if, if you can go there. Troy, what, if, what about you? Uh, I, I have been doing hookers and blow for the most oh, part of it, yeah. Just like always. So <laughs> nothing's changed. Now, I've been, I've actually been revisiting unfinished songs that I've written. I've been, I dropped the pick and I've been doing more thumb style picking. So that's been a huge thing for me. So visiting a lot of different styles and, but a lot of songwriting. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. It's cool. I mean, I think it's good because we've all been playing a long time if we were kids might be a little more confusing like when you're just starting out you don't kind of know what to do maybe in a way how to practice or you know you don't really know the instrument well enough to but that's why we have youtube i, I think every i think when we come out the other side of this we're going to see a lot of people with the same stories we're telling you know that this was a really good time for creative artists and i know a lot of people in other mediums who do visual art you know it's been a creative time it's been a good time because life slowed down so, you know, it's interesting to hear about you guys, though. But, no, I would like to say that, you know, all of us, we need to remember, let's not exit this moment in history. And it's definitely a challenging and weirdly different moment. Let's not exit this moment in history having fucked up and not taking advantage of it and not making the most of it. You know, there are certain things about it particularly for those of us who are players, artists, instrumentalists, music, you know, writers, composers, 
there are certain elements of it that, that lead to us being productive. Let's not walk out of this going like, phew, I endured that year, and now I'm going to go back to work. Let's it's a little, walk out yeah, of this year being productive, having created a lot of stuff, and being headed on a new direction out of it. I want to see the same thing. I want to see all of us keep being inspired and whatever we got from this. It's a little like when somebody has a car accident and they almost die. They're like, okay, phew, I got my life. I didn't die. So I'm going to live every day to the fullest, you know, for the rest of it. Like some people make sort of these bargains. Um, and some people actually do it. They actually follow through. It's like they're a changed person, you know, and they enjoy life more or they make better music or whatever it is that they they, they do. I mean, it's all fleeting. It's going by. And I think, you know, whatever we can do to make it a better place, you know, and whatever we're learning through going through this sort of hellish hellscape, you know, um, that that is something positive that, you know, we can take out the other side of it. Great. I bet we're going to see some really, really cool things. To, you can go back to your crystal ball. I think there's going to be a lot of really great stuff. There's always like out of difficult times, some you know incredible stuff comes out for sure. That's how the blues came. We know that's a cliche, but really, like that's how stuff you know sometimes really has to come through that fire, you know, through that fire. So I I, I hope so. I hope you know I don't know how long we're going to be in this situation, um, but I haven't lost one so far with being like inspired to, to do this work. I'm doing the work. I haven't lost one ounce of like energy to doing it. I'm just like, you know, every day, you know, I'm not, I don't take a day off. I'm just like every day. And I, and I love it. Like I'm hungry for it. So we'll see though. Talk to me in six months or a year. <laughs> I'll burnt out. I did it about a year back. You know, I had a, I had a guy who was, who was like the top of the ticket, you know what I mean? Four years ago, we got it, you know? Oh, we're running. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I, I, yeah. Sure. You guys, you guys need more scandals then. I think the yeah, world exactly. here about a co-ticket. No more yeah. top and bottom. We've got to work on it, but Troy's right. We've got to work on our corruption. We really don't have that 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 thing down yet. We've yeah, for sure. You know, we'll get it together. Now. That's what we're doing during COVID. Is we're going to work on our corruption stuff. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, greed and, and like hate. So yeah, I, I will get it together, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I feel optimistic. Beth, I gotta say, um, thank you so much for joining us today because yeah, that was Beth. super, super cool. You are you are an inspiration and such a pleasure. And everyone that I've um, ever talked to that have met you, they've just always said that. The, the greatest things about you and obviously it's very true so thank you so much and uh, I believe MI does owe me a little bit of uh, money um, so if we could talk about that after the show that'd be great Bruce as always Scott Henderson you guys are such a pleasure and we are blessed at this time to have something like Zoom where we can talk and share all this with our listeners the three of us the three of them out there so that's good but um Beth, if you ever need to advertise or you want us to promote anything, Guitar Wank is a massive supporter, so feel free to use us and abuse us. Fantastic. You guys, thanks so much. I had a lot of fun. You guys are great. So thanks, Beth. See you next time. See you soon. Thank you, Beth. Oh, where, does, where do people find you? Where do people find you? Oh, my website, BethMarlis.com, and then it's connected to all my other, you know, social media and YouTube you know, it's all there. I have some some examples of me attempting to play the guitar, and you know, like I'm findable. Yeah, I'm there. Awesome. Just look for the fake 
Look for the fake blonde hair, you guys. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks again. Thank you, Beth. Bye, Beth. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye, Bye. Beth. Thank you.